0: What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife takes off in an RV to see America? It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, and welcome we've got a really interesting show for you today yeah something that involves people who make mistakes <laughs> oh yeah that's always fun something a little bit different but before we get to that we just want to let you know that you can check out our new website
1: mm-hmm. it's called rocking the well
0: we're pretty excited about it because it has a lot of pictures of where we've been as well as our podcasts and blogs that we write that go into detail about things that we've experienced and information about traveling there's also a really easy way for you to contact us we always like to hear from you and welcome your ideas and comments now whether or not you travel in an rv we like to give you ideas where you might want to visit and what to do once you get there we also have links to our social media posts on facebook instagram and our videos on youtube so we plan to keep everything fresh with updates as well There's also a shop that we've added where you can purchase Rocking the RV life goodies like t shirts and more. And we'd like to thank artist David Helton for doing all the designs and artwork for our t shirts. David is famous for all the artwork he did for WMMS Radio when I was there, and he's one of the best. His designs are unique. The shirts are available at rockingthervlife.com. Thanks. We've spent the last month here in Las Vegas. That's where we are right now. We're getting ready to leave. It's great in the winter because the weather is almost perfect. And there's a lot to do in and around Las Vegas. Now, when you travel, you probably see a lot of what we see. You ever notice off-road vehicles? Sometimes you'll see them in the back of pickup trucks, trailers. Sometimes they're in those toy haulers. But you'll see everything from ATVs, all-terrain vehicles, to the larger side-by-sides, four passenger four x fours as well as jeeps toyotas broncos and a whole lot more many are customized for the rough off-road terrains and some people will even take their regular cars and trucks off-road too so i know what you're thinking what could possibly go wrong with this <laughs> wait for it Well, no matter where you go, there's a lot of off-road trails that get you away from the populated areas and into remote places. People enjoy that, and many will find an isolated spot in which to camp. Makes sense. A few years ago, Patty and I rented a Jeep, and we took the old mule trails, the switchbacks, up into the Rocky Mountains near Telluride. It was absolutely fun. And we were constantly stopping to take amazing pictures of the scenery.
1: It was. It was beautiful. But no matter where you are, especially in the southwest desert, off-roading is pretty popular. But what happens if something goes wrong? It happens a lot, doesn't it?
0: A lot more Mm -hmm. than you think. Yeah, We've experienced it. Mm -hmm. We were off-roading, going to a ghost town in Yuma, Arizona, Mm -hmm. when we got a flat tire. That's when I realized how unprepared we were. We only had a bottle of water, and we needed the spare tire, but we had the bike rack on the back and didn't have a wrench to take it off. Duh! Thankfully, another jeeper came along and helped us out, John Palmieri. He's an army veteran. He knows jeeps like the back of his hand. And he was a huge help.
1: We couldn't believe it. We were so
0: fortunate. We really were. Yeah. And that was a heck of a lesson we learned.
1: I was just gonna say, we sure learned a lesson but just recently we were in death valley national park and we saw a car that had gone off the road Oh yeah. it was like a four-door sedan it was about probably 100 feet off the road yeah it's like what the heck's it doing there we continued on and went over to the Badwater basin so when we were done there we had to come back the same way and as we were coming up to the car i said jeff you got to pull over Let's go check this car out. Let's see what's going on over here.
0: Yeah, so we did. (laughs) We
1: did. So we got out of the car. We went over to check it out. There was a note taped to the driver's window, and it said that they had called for a tow truck, and they were waiting for that. Not that there was anybody around. Right. But, you know, the nearest tow truck would be coming from, like, 80 miles away.
0: You know how much that would cost?
1: That's going to cost a lot.
0: A fortune. Oh, yeah. They had... Going off road a little bit with it, oh, and they hit a ravine. They did. Airbag had yeah. been deployed the on the driver's seat, side.
1: Yeah, and then the on the passenger side, whoever was sitting there without a seatbelt hit that windshield.
0: Yeah, you can see somebody's yep. noggin hit the windshield. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, and man. no
0: airbag on that side.
1: Yeah, it was it was really. Anyway, sad. we
0: posted a picture of that car on mm-hmm. Facebook. And one of our friends, Joe Glicken, responded, saying that his son, Brian Glicken, lives in Vegas and works with a group that does off-road recoveries.
1: Obviously, these people don't know about SNOR. Yeah, <laughs> They exactly. should know about SNOR so they could call them.
0: We thought this would be a really interesting subject. Yes. So we called Brian, and what he told us really surprised us. Yeah,
1: he volunteers with Southern Nevada Off-Road Recovery, SNOR for short, so it's like S-N-O-R-R. They are an all-volunteer organization dedicated to helping those stranded off-road at no cost. A nonprofit organization that averages about two rescues each day. That's a lot. That
0: is a heck of a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And they operate within approximately four hours driving distance from Las Vegas, and that includes Death Valley, Lake Mead, and more.
0: We decided to take our microphones mm-hmm. to Brian's house, yeah. and we spoke with members of SNORE, now bear with us a little bit the audio is a bit echoey due to the acoustics in the house but you're gonna be amazed by their story and at the end we were amazed because there was an actual call for help that came in yeah you're gonna hear it all that was so cool so please welcome Brian and Ian and Daniel to our podcast thank you thank you I want to talk to Brian first because Brian you're from Cleveland what brought you out to Las Vegas and how did you get involved with snore
2: so what uh, brought me out to Las Vegas was uh, working construction my dad brought me out here to get into the glazing Union Uh, I happened to stumble across snore when I myself needed help trapped down at the lake in mud I didn't know what to do (laughs) yeah no way (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I had actually called a friend who had recommended that I had called Snore, so I gave them a call, and they were down to help me within 45 minutes to an hour, and uh, I decided after that I wanted to join and give back myself.
0: Yeah, so you kind of pay it forward. One thing good about it is it doesn't cost you anything, does it?
2: So no, we don't charge a dime for our services
0: whatsoever. Now, Ian, you're one of the leaders of the group. What's your responsibility with Snore?
3: I primarily work uh, on the finances, getting donations to help support our guys, Uh, work on getting gear and apparel for them. And spend a lot of my time too with the law enforcement and other agencies to try to help make sure our services are available throughout the Vegas area.
0: And Daniel, what about you? What's your position?
4: Um, one of the leaderships also, um, my primary objectives are to work with uh, communications like uh, radio communications within the group so that we're connected You know, no matter where we're at.
0: Now let's say I went off-roading and something happened, got a flat tire or who knows what, and i had to have a tow truck come that's going to cost a lot of money isn't it what something like that cost
3: i think we've gotten quotes around an average of about 450 Mm dollars but it definitely goes up a lot more later at night in the evening and depending on how far you're off-road and what kind of vehicle
0: and what is the most common problem you come across what are people doing wrong what are they getting themselves into
3: oh boy i think daniel could best answer that one
4: yeah about maybe 90 percent of the ones i go on are people stuck in mud
0: no kidding.
4: Yes, yeah, our you at Lake Mead.
0: And they bury it, right? Oh, they do. Right up to the axle, yes. right up to the chassis. Yep.
1: Have you ever recovered an RV that's stuck
4: somewhere? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you get plenty a of lot times. of that. Oh, yeah, plenty of times. There
0: yeah. was a video I saw online that you guys posted about an RV that was on a dry lake bed. Mm-hmm. And then it rained. <laughs> yeah. How did you get that guy out of there?
3: So we ended up having to uh, daisy-chain multiple recovery vehicles together in order to get enough traction and weight to actually pull that heavy vehicle out. Mm -hmm. So we were all in the mud, hooking up together, all pulling in tandem.
0: This video is incredible. I mean, you literally see you guys going through this... This water is like knee-deep water, mm-hmm. and you have to work in this water, and you have, what, four vehicles to pull this RV out of there.
3: And you got them out. We did, and it's not just the mud. We've also done a lot of recoveries in loose gravel or uh, people that end up actually having a mechanical failure. So we do a lot of times make trail repairs to get them back to the road or even just flat tow them with mm-hmm. a vehicle back to the road so they can get a tow truck and get home.
0: Now, you've had a couple of funny things happen, too. you got to tell this story. Where you drove all the way out to get them, to help them, and it was a real simple fix.
2: So yeah, we had uh, we had went out to respond to a recovery down at Lake Mead, and uh, myself and Daniel and another other member, we got down there only to realize after I got in the the driver's seat that the parking brake was engaged. So they really didn't need us to hook up any kind of straps or anything like that. As soon as we disengaged the parking brake, I was able to drive right up and out over the hill that they were on. Oh, God.
0: And that's happened more than once,
2: hasn't it? Yes, yeah, and it's definitely <laughs> happened a few times. People oh. put their parking brake on, huh? They just
3: leave it on. <laughs>
0: Jeez.
1: Okay, so when somebody calls, who gets the call? Where does it go?
3: We have a, a group of leaders, about six of us, that answer calls that come in. Um, it will take those calls or those messages as they they come into us, and we will dispatch them out via messaging system to about the seventy volunteers that we have, and it works so far really well for us because out of the the 70 that we have, uh, there's usually always several of them that are off that day of work and are willing to go help. So we've pretty much always been able to respond. Um, Sometimes it takes a little longer to get out depending on what's going on, but we've always been able to help.
0: And that's something really important too. When you're out off-roading, If you're on a cell range, what do you do?
3: The whole purpose of the group why it was created was because there's a gap between what tow truck services could provide and what off roaders needed. Many of the tow truck companies were either just flat out refuse the service, they don't want to deal with it or they'll charge an exorbitant amount to be able to just help somebody with the simple problem. And so the idea started with our founder, Jacob Schmidt, who really was an avid off-roader and uh, saw that you know, guys would message each other to try to help each other out, right, just as friends. And then he took the idea and blew it up and said, you know, how do we make this more scalable and available to everybody in the public? And that's how the idea has gotten to where it's at today.
0: So communication is important. If you're off-roading and you lose a cell signal, And you break down, you could be up you-know-what creek, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, with Snore, uh, when I started with Snore, I brought in the idea of using uh, GMRS repeaters Mm -hmm. and the whole GMRS spectrum of uh, radio frequencies. So basically, if some places cell phones will reach, some places radios will reach, but uh, everyone having a radio and having those frequencies in there, you have more of a chance of getting a signal out and reaching somebody, anybody, that might be able to hear you.
0: What kind of a radio would you recommend somebody... Well, let's say they got a Jeep and they want to go off-roading and they're going to be out of cell range. What would you suggest?
4: Uh, That depends on what kind of licensing they want to get and what kind of money they want to spend.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: For me, um, I chose GMRS because the licensing is you just pay a fee, you get a license, you can use repeaters. So it would be a GMRS mobile mounted radio is what I would use because you get the most power out of it.
1: There's got to be people that go out there and something happens. And they have no signal. They have no cell mm-hmm. signal. What do they do? They walk. Oh, yes.
3: <laughs> they walk, okay. they walk
4: until they can get a, yeah. a signal. climb and... up the nearest hill. Yeah. And they, they try from there. Until they can get a yep. signal. Makes yep. sense. Okay. Sometimes the only signal you can get is only good enough to do 911. Right.
3: And, and oh, we've actually God. had issues where they've done that, and then they can't find their vehicle after we get out they've
4: there. Got lost. Oh, <laughs> I've, had, I've had to do that several times where I had to search for their car,
2: too. Oh, my
1: gosh. I did that happened. last
2: night as a matter of fact. Oh yes, gosh. you did. Yeah, it was a U-Haul pickup truck that was out there, and they had to walk up the hill to get cell service. And they actually uh, started a fire to keep warm that when we got there, we had to put out for them. Oh, oh no my kidding. gosh. Yeah.
1: Okay, and see that was last night. So there's probably people <laughs> in the dark that get stranded too. Like, oh
4: absolutely. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All the time.
0: All right. Wow. What advice do you give people if they're gonna go off road? Bring water. Bring water, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be prepared. What do you think people should have in their cars? Basic yeah. survival,
4: really. Basic survival. You know, you gotta think um, outside the box where you're gonna be out there. you might be out there for days. So you really gotta think about your personal problem, you know, food, water for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, shelter. Your vehicle's not always going to be shelter, especially in the colder, or hard, hottest months. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be shelter. Self-recovery gear, you know, you probably want to have some kind of traction boards, you know, out here in the desert. Really, I mean, that, that could be one of your best friends.
3: Shovel. Shovel. Definitely. Very helpful.
4: If you're going to go out by
2: yourself, which I very much do not recommend, I would say some kind of satellite phone. So that way, if you're stuck out there by yourself, you, you have a much better chance to get a hold of someone. And, and
0: needless, you got to tell somebody where you're going to go. Yep. Yeah. You got to have a plan oh, yeah. and, and, and yeah. let somebody know, hey, if I'm not home by Patty, if I'm not home by 10 o'clock tonight, I'm not out drinking with Brian.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, always, yeah. always depend on the money system for sure. What's the procedure you guys use? To get people to do this the right way.
3: There's one of our fundraisers in order to build some donations up for fuel money is that we host uh, every about six weeks a class for basic off-roading and survival class for the public. And in that class that we teach with the public, we go over all the fundamentals of off-roading, basic tools you can use, basic recovery gear and how to use it properly and safely basic first aid information, radio and communication information, as well as you know, really just the best, most safest way to go out there and have fun enjoying your off-road vehicles. Mm-hmm. How to determine their coordinates if they need to ask for help.
0: I know there's a lot of people that they'll buy a razor or they'll put a lift kit on the Jeep and take off. There's a heck of a lot more to it than just doing that, right?
2: Absolutely. Uh you know it all depends. I my biggest thing is tires. If you're gonna go off-roading the tires make such a big difference you want to make sure you have the tires if you're going in mud you want the mud trains if you know they have all terrains for you know rock crawling and things like that so uh, the tire I think
0: is probably one of the most important things yeah one of the things that uh, we missed in Death Valley was going down uh, Titus Canyon Road somebody told us you got to have good tires to do that and I don't know if that's true or not. Brian, you're shaking your head.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, that's one I've never heard of, to be quite honest. Maybe, Daniel, if you used to trail,
0: right? it probably has a lot of rocks.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, our tires
0: have about 45,000 miles on them, and I've had two flats recently. And I want to, when I get back to Ohio, I'm going to get a new set of tires on it.
1: So we decided we weren't going to do the Titus canyon
0: right. drive. So we yeah, <laughs> passed yeah, on that. We passed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one flat tire in the desert, off-road will kind of teach you that, ah, you know what? We weren't prepared for that. We didn't have a three quarter inch wrench to take the bike rack off the back to get the tire off. So
3: if it can happen to me. Yeah, basic tools is a big one like you did mentioned on the wrench. Um, Like we all know we have to carry tools because we know of what we've experienced, but any off-roader, I think it's good to have a separate toolkit you can keep in the vehicle. Just mm -hmm. basic stuff.
0: What kind of equipment do you guys use when you get a call and somebody is stuck way out in the middle of nowhere, what do you take? Yeah, you have what to do you take got?
4: the right thing for that. Most of us have our equipment that we keep in our vehicles. Mm-hmm. So basic recovery gear that we do carry, uh, outside of a winch, if we have one, is we carry straps, mm-hmm. soft shackles, hard shackles, recovery boards.
3: Snatch blocks.
4: Bubble ropes. Some people carry bubble ropes, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Traction boards, uh, jacks. My carry three uh, power tools air compressor. Air
4: compressor. air compressor air
3: compressor yes fuses fuses yeah. is a big one fuses yeah
0: those are yeah, important some people blow
3: fuses out there tire repair kits
0: from the time you get a phone call to the time you reach somebody is it pretty immediate or i guess it depends on the distance isn't it yeah you know, it? most
4: it's times it. we have a response to someone going out to a recovery within 10 minutes. That's pretty good. That's the majority of the time we'll have a response from somebody willing to go.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fantastic.
4: Yeah, it really depends where it's at. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to
2: live about a half an hour away from Lake Mead. So if I'm home and a recovery comes in, I could get down there pretty quick. And actually, let's say if you call 911 down at the lake, uh, sometimes that goes to us.
0: Uh, they route it through us through LMICC,
4: the Lake Mead Interagency Communication Center.
0: How long does it normally take you on a job? Ooh. Yeah, That's a tough it's, one. Yeah, it varies. Some are as simple as getting there and just... Turning well, off the emergency brake. Turn off <laughs> <Yeah>. the... <laughs> right.
3: some, that gets more <laughs> intricate
4: where we have to drag someone 100 feet through mud. Oh, gosh.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah that video of the RV and, and the other stuff that you guys dragged out of that lake is, is amazing. It's amazing that somebody went and camped on a dry lake bed and didn't check
3: the weather. We've yeah. also had um, quite a few very detailed and complex recoveries as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had several that vehicles rolled over, and it took two days worth of coordination and planning to be able to properly extract those vehicles safely. And that includes, because in these areas where these vehicles rolled over, it wasn't anywhere where we could get our vehicles into. So we had to use some power tools like hammer drills, and we've had to you know drill into rock faces to be able to get mounts properly in there, to be able to get snatch blocks and pulleys on the vehicle and pull it back over safely. So we've done everything from the basic stuck in the mud to I'm rolled over on the side of a cliff of our area a fall down 1,200 feet. <laughs> right? Jeez.
0: Have you ever come
3: across people who are hurt? You know, we've been fortunate enough that we haven't had serious injuries. Um, we do expect our guys to have basic life support training from the fire department, but we haven't had any critical injuries. Can
0: you remember one of the worst cases you ever had to, to deal with?
3: I could only think of one,
4: but it didn't involve uh, immediate recovery. It was actually past the recovery. It's a couple that had uh, buried their car in mud. We got them out, but they decided they wanted to camp. They ended up calling us. It was dead of summer. They ended up calling uh, my buddy and I back, and they needed to uh, be meted out for um, heat exhaustion.
3: No
0: kidding.
4: Yeah, the uh, wife was almost on full-on heat stroke by the time we got her to the waiting ambulance. Jeez.
3: Yeah. I can remember, too, that there were two different recoveries. One of them was a side-by-side that just uh, was driving along and caught fire the two uh, occupants were, were barely able to really cut the seatbelt off with a knife because the seatbelt was locked up too to get out of the vehicle in time to avoid getting burned up in there. Um, that was one. And then the other one was like a like the rollo- rollover vehicles, I've said. Um, you know, luckily, the airbags and some of the safety restraints have helped save their lives, and they were able to, like the gentleman and his child, were able to crawl out of the window and get out of there safely. So no serious injuries, but definitely very scary. Daniel
2: I remember you were telling me you were up in the mountain doing the snow patrol and somebody approached you guys and you weren't even on a recovery they just saw one of our vehicles and they came up to him and I wasn't
4: there but I remember that was being a pretty good story. We were doing snow patrol up in the mountain uh, snow patrols where we just go up and mountain during the snowstorm, snowy season and we just kind of cruise around you know seeing who needs help people need stuck but um so one of our members was cruising along and somebody came out and flagged them down and they said that lady had hit her head on a tree um this is a really good example of the radio communications i was able to because there's no cell phone service there i was able to use my radio and radio down into the valley with the emergency call for somebody to give nine one one and give our exact location to get an ambulance up there to help her you ended
2: up losing one of your favorite sweaters or something i lost
4: (laughs) uh yeah well i lost my my wool blanket Uh in the process that and my um my Marlar blanket. Oh, oh man. What, yeah. what happened to it? They it took, took an ambulance ride with the lady because oh. I used them both to cover uh, her. Yeah, and just her. stayed with her. Yeah, Aww. to keep her warm. Oh.
0: Well, that's nice. Yeah. All right, funny stories. We heard about the people who uh, got stranded because they had their parking brakes on. <laughs> what else have you guys seen? Daniel, you're you're smiling. What were they doing in that car? (laughs) Doing
4: something you don't do in public. You keep that behind closed doors.
0: (laughs) And they had already
4: called you for help? Uh, It was not actually the recovery that we were after. It was close to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, you came across them. (laughs) Okay. No, so needless to say, what is that old thing? If uh, this van is shaking, um, yeah, no, if the van if if is rocking, rocking, don't come knocking. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Do you see some of that? All yeah. right, what's the bikini story?
4: Uh, so I guess a couple of our guys went on a recovery to, for a lady out at Lake Mead, and um, she had gotten her vehicle stuck out there. A the couple guys went up there to find her, and when they got there, she was in a what they described as a Brazilian bikini. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So they knew it was Brazilian, huh? Yeah. They, I mean, I ended up going up there a couple days later and just doing a lake patrol uh, for vehicles, and we spotted her vehicle on the side of a hill, so we decided to go check it, and it was stuck again.
0: Oh, no kidding. But
4: um, she wasn't in, in the bikini that time, though, but she did have a, a drink in her hand, and she... <laughs> Put it in my face and ask me if I wanted some. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had one of the other buddies that were with her that was actually sober move her vehicle for her and park it because they were camping.
0: Do you run into a lot of people who, you know, they get themselves stuck and, you know, they've had too much to drink or any of that?
4: It's happened before. Yeah.
3: We usually so. try
4: not to um, put them back on the road.
3: Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's our yeah. policy. Yeah. We had a few where we uh, had to wade out into the lake, right?
4: uh i just did one the other night
2: <laughs> right
3: Brian? yeah yeah so uh
2: daniel volunteered to go onto the water we had a, a truck it was a, only a two-wheel drive truck and they were trying to get a jet ski out of back onto their trailer out of lake mead and they just backed in too far it looked like and they couldn't get traction so oh, no. uh, daniel had to go into the water and find a good recovery point because you know you just don't want to you know attach to anything you have to have a nice solid recovery point so yeah, and it was out there, uh, you know, getting wet,
4: hooking
0: up my <laughs> winch for me, so that was nice. Oh, my God. Um, Not that, the first time. How was yeah. their truck? Was her truck okay after that? Yeah, it was
4: full of water, but it was still running. <laughs> they were smart enough to keep it running the whole time. No, yeah. Not the first time. The time that I did before that where I had to get in the water was a Jeep Renegade that actually nosedived into the water. It was almost completely submerged. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had to drag that out of the water, too. Wow. Jeez. Do you ever wonder... How the
0: heck do people
4: do this? Well, I know the girl. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how she did it.
0: <laughs>
4: How'd she do it? <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to give any names, right, Nina? <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> so she was camping down the lake, and she went down a hill to get down to a little beach spot. Mm-hmm. While trying to get back up, she couldn't get up, so she's maneuvering her car around, trying to turn around and. She ended up going, no, she's like, well, if I go into the lake a little bit, I should be able to get more room to, to oh. pull forward, but she went a little too far, didn't see the ledge and car sank.
0: Oh my God. Oh
4: gosh. Okay. This is the same person I've recovered four times. Oh <laughs> four times. The, the latest one was what? Uh, Sunday. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> what did she just do Sunday? Sunday? What did she just do that? Uh, she
4: decided she wanted to get closer to water again.
0: Oh my God.
4: And um, she had a kayak. Yeah, you know, she just the, got the, in the mud. I, I'm kind of under the impression
0: she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the
4: first people I met here in Vegas uh-huh. when
0: I started off roading. <laughs> I guess Ian, it's bad when they call and they go, "Oh, send Daniel."
4: <laughs> um, yeah. There has been calls right from from uh, Lake Mead where they called asking for me.
1: Oh, funny! Okay.
3: <laughs> they say, "Hey, it's me again," and we know who the me is. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God that's really incredible. Well, you guys are always on the lookout for volunteers, right? Yes. How can people volunteer with your organization?
3: The first step that we ask is to, uh, to take one of our recovery classes, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we teach the basic safety and concepts around safe recovering of vehicles. It seems very easy to do, but it can be very dangerous with the amount of weight and force that you're putting on a lot of these, right. a lot of this equipment. So uh, attending the class is usually the first step. And then we ha- we do have a, a online safety test that you take after the class just to make sure that you captured most of the uh, information in the class. And then after that, we would set you up with uh, one of our members to go out and do a couple of recoveries um, side by side. And then we go from there.
0: And Brian, needless to say,
3: you love it. Yeah, I've been... Uh...
2: I've been doing it for about a year now. You know, I probably go on two or three recoveries a week when I have time. And just really gives you a sense of self-gratification helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're their last option. You know, tow trucks won't go out there. Right. Or if they do, as soon as they touch dirt, their price doubles. And people can't afford that. Yeah. They're just out there yeah. like us trying to have a good time. And it means a lot to me to help people.
0: And needless to say, you guys work hand-in-hand hand with police and fire, EMS, but it's important that you have donations because you're a nonprofit organization both federally and on the state level as well that's correct so how can people donate to your organization
3: we uh, have been very fortunate our goal has been to keep it the services free for the public you know because there's those that can afford and those that can't and we want we want to be able to keep it free uh, and with the rising costs of things right now it's you know always important that we're seeking donations we have been like I said fortunate that we've had really good donations come in from you know multiple different people that have received our services and that keeps us going. Um, And we've also had some donation drives online on social media that's really helped us. um, The public within the Vegas community, off-road community has really been generous with their donations during the holidays or when we do have a fundraiser event. So that's kept us going as well. Um, But we do have um, the ability to donate online. We have a PayPal account that we generally use or we have some other options if need be for you to be able to do that.
0: After this podcast, if you scroll down in the description, all the information is going to be there. Where you can donate, how you can volunteer, and all your different sites. Yep, we'll have that
1: all in
3: there. Off roading can be a lot of fun, and it's uh, one of all 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 three of our passions. is the reason why we do what we do every day, as well as combining that with helping others makes us feel really well, really good about what we do. But just being prepared, you know, some basic things like Daniel mentioned in in a a jeep or an off road vehicle can help and, and get you out of a lot of different situations on your own and um, the most important thing is letting people know where you're at and having some form of communication available, too. Because, again, if you go off on your own, it can be very dangerous if you get stuck and you don't have communication. So just want to you know, encourage everybody to really enjoy off-roading safely, but be prepared and, and have a plan.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And people put a lot of money into these Razors and a lot of the uh, four-wheel drive vehicles and their own vehicles, right. Jeeps, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I know I saw a Range Rover out there stuck up to the axles. So. <laughs> <laughs> that mud is super tricky. So people have gotten stuck out at the lake and it's called tow
2: trucks and then the tow trucks get stuck oh. and we've actually gone and saved oh, the tow right. trucks a couple, times. a couple times.
0: That's amazing. Well I
1: would imagine when <clears throat> you have to go in the mud like that, you get pretty dirty. Your boots <clears> and <throat> your shoes and what a mess, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow.
0: Is there any type of vehicle? that gets stuck the most. Fords, oh, Jeeps.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys. Uh, Brian, Ian, and uh, Dan, Daniel, thank you very much for being on our podcast. with yeah, my you pleasure. Guys, you guys do a fantastic job. You really do. And uh, anything we can do to support you, we're here for. Thank
2: you very much. We appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. On that note, the podcast had ended, and we started to take down the microphones and all the equipment.
1: We sure did. And as soon as we started unplugging everything... Ian got a call.
0: He sure did. And
1: we hurried up and put it back together. And
0: he let us listen in. He did. Listen to this. This is really cool. This is somebody who's in the desert who needs to be rescued yep. because they got stuck. Yep.
3: The Toyota Tacoma. Uh huh. Okay. What's the color? Gray. Okay. And what's your name, sir? And I got your phone number. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, can you do me a favor? I'm gonna text you. I uh, did. You should have got a, a text for. Um, yep. A link to be able did, to pull yeah. up your coordinates there. And then just if you can screenshot that and send us back to send that back to us so we know exactly where you're at. And copy then that. maybe a picture of the situation, we should be able to get somebody going to you here in the next 10 or 15 minutes.
4: I do appreciate that, guys, so much.
3: All right, yeah. sir. Um, we'll send you that message. And if you can respond back, we will let you know on the ETA. All right, copy that. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Well,
0: that's incredible. You just got that uh, phone call, huh?
3: Yeah, they they posted it on our Facebook page actually. No kidding. And we picked it up from there. And
0: so it immediately alerted you.
3: And uh, where's he stuck now? Uh, Hemingway Harbor. It's uh, the main launch ramp of the Lake Mead. Mm-hmm. By Boulder. By Boulder. City. Boulder yeah. And it's
0: stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And it's dark out.
3: Yep. Yeah.
0: He's oh, probably the, the dark ones are
3: fun. He's Give probably been battling lights. it for a few <laughs> hours. I'm sure and decided so, needs help.
0: So who will go and? Uh,
4: so you'll yeah, uh, be right.
3: Know, me, me too. Since I got uh, maybe even go an Alexis home. and Alexis. <laughs> yeah, I'll go through the lake to go home.
0: So you guys will all head out right now, all three of you. We could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patty, I think you ought to go with them. I would
1: love to. That would be <laughs> so interesting. to See what they're going to do. Just wash my
0: truck. Yeah. Got it. No. Oh and, no! And Brian right. just wa- washed his truck. See, that's the problem. Yeah, that's go. why you got the phone call. I oh know. Know. my! Yeah, we need
4: heavyweight. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, we need heavyweight. He sunk.
1: Oh, there's the <laughs> picture. Oh, my gosh.
4: Took
0: that a while ago. Oh my God.
1: Oh. oh you is... guys
0: get to see my new oh, light bar. jeez. Oh. Wow. <laughs> well, that does it for this week. Wait till you see the picture of that poor truck stuck up to its axles in mud. We'll post it on Rockin' the RV Life Instagram, and we'll also post it on our Facebook pages.
1: And thanks for joining us. Until next time, stay safe out there.
0: It's the Rockin' the RV Life Podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.